Hello, Loose Lug Nation. Welcome to episode 60 of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast. Uh, Mark, the number 60. I, I got to start with Mark Martin in that Win Dixie uh, Bush Series car there. He kind of made the number 60 famous. Uh, also, Greg Biffle, Carl Edwards. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Ty Majeski here in a little bit. He ran that 60 for a little bit with Austin Sindrick and Chase Briscoe. And then there's one local guy that I really remember, Ryan Hansen. He was kind of part of the ASA series, and he took the inside wall down at Kakana one night on a restart, and they wadded the whole field up there. I, re I remember that one pretty well. Hey, when it comes to 60, man, you took them all. <laughs> it's a real dud of a number. I, I, I know I saw 60 back in the old 50s on like uh, Fred Lorenzen or or Fireball Roberts maybe. I think I'm just kind of throwing it out there. There was a 60 back in the day, but not a popular number. Not till the, the Winn-Dixie uh, Ford uh, Roush car when Mark Martin ran X Xfinity Series, man. That, uh, that made the 60 popular right then and there. Yeah, there were a couple of other drivers throughout the Roush program that ran that 60 as well, but uh, we just named a few. So uh, we'll move on. Uh, let's move on right into uh, talking with Ty Majeski here. Uh, he's down at Mid-Ohio, just got done qualifying a little while ago. Uh, Ty, thanks for, for joining us. How are you doing, man? Good, good. Thanks for you guys having me on. Absolutely. Uh, so let's go all the way back to Memorial Day weekend. My gosh, it's been a, a busy schedule for us. But, uh, hey, you qualified on the pole and had a great battle with Kyle Busch early. You finished second in stage one, ninth in the second stage, and finished the race in 13th. Yeah, we had a, really probably our best truck all year at Charlotte. Uh, just really good speed, drivability, uh, raced really, really well. Uh, we had a, a, a subpar pit stop there. Um, there's a caution, I think, with uh, maybe 10 or 11 laps to go in the second stage and kind of flipped the field. Half the field stayed out, uh, half the field pitted. And we were uh, we pitted, hoping we were going to flip that stage. And uh, one of the guys uh, starting up front that stayed out had a bad restart. So uh, we just got really far behind on track position. Uh, just hard to make it up. Uh, you can make up a few spots under green, but it's uh, it's hard to just march the field. Um, then we had a loose wheel at the end. Um, it was going loose. I, I think I battled my way up into sixth and um, had a loose wheel that last stretch and the last caution came out and uh, loosened up even more, so we had to come down Perry Road and fix it. Uh, I ended up with a 13th with a, a really, really fast truck. So that, uh, that one was disappointing for sure. Yeah, you said that was one that you had scheduled on there. Obviously not what you wanted, but still a decent points day. Then uh, then you move on to uh, Gateway where you finish sixth in stage one, finished the race in 32nd. Just a couple of unfortunate incidents had you fighting an uphill battle all day. And then uh, one of the biggest things that I noticed, the, uh, the team tried to ratchet strap the bumper up, which looked innovative, but unfortunately the NASCAR didn't allow that. Yeah, so NASCAR used to allow buggy cords and all that kind of stuff. Um, up until this year, kind of there was a new uh, new competition director on the, the track series side. There were some rules that were, were different. So now, not really a new trick, but uh, one that's not allowed anymore, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, the whole day was um, disappointing. Again, another really fast truck. I feel like Gateway and Charlotte are really the two best trucks we had. Um, 
so far this season and uh, no results to show for him. Uh, I got into Taylor Gray there early and kind of tired out and got me in the back. And then a big wreck happened off the four and a uh, guy caught up in that. And from there on, our, our truck was just very, very damaged. So it was uh, an entertaining few cautions there trying to get it fixed with the ratchet straps and getting penalized. And uh, it was uh, entertaining for sure, to say the least. You know, running the Midwest Tour, you know, you ran uh, at St. Louis there, down there. Um, did any of that experience and shifting and all that stuff help you to uh, run it and give your confidence a lot higher down there? Yeah, definitely. Anytime you've, you know, been to a racetrack before and, uh, you know, the layout, even though it, it has gotten repaid since my super late model days, just having that experience there and uh, the shape of the corners didn't change. So just knowing uh, where you need to run and where you need to be and, um, just having that sense of comfort going in is uh, is huge. Um, you know, Gateway's been a good track for me, not only on the late model side, but the truck side as well. Uh, finished top 10 there with Nice and, and uh, had a really good run going there last year with uh, with Joe until uh, we got caught up in that big wreck there off of turn four. So um, I've had really, really fast trucks uh, with horseboard there, just uh, no results to show for them. Then we go road course racing uh, at Sonoma. Uh, how about this? First stage win, you win stage one, and you finished third. You were top five all day long. An awesome day for you and your team. Yeah, that was a really, really good day. Uh, just, you know, maybe maybe the, the race I'm most proud of, um, not only myself, but as, uh, you know, Joe and Thor Sport. You know, Joe hasn't, hasn't ran great on the road courses in the past. Uh, and, uh, it, it was cool to, uh, go there and run solidly. You know, it's, uh, you know, a discipline of racing that I don't have a ton of experience in, uh, especially in a stock car. I've got some sports car experience, uh, which helped, but, uh, the stock car stuff is so much different with shifting and, uh, braking and all that kind of stuff. So it was, uh, it was really cool to go there and qualify good and, and, and really put the whole race together. Uh, we stayed out and, and nabbed the stage there at the end of stage one and flipped stage two uh, to keep our track position to, to go finish top three. It was uh, you know, cool racing with all the cup guys. Obviously, those, those guys are cup guys for a reason. They're really, really good. Um, but it was fun kind of being in the midst of, uh, you know, Chastain, Bush, and, and Bowman. It was pretty much us four all day. What what is it about road course racing? Because even even last year at Coder, we were talking, you kind of had the, the fastest lap there, even though – um the day didn't end well for you you go to sonoma you get that first stage win you're running top five all day really top three and, and you know and also the dirt we'll talk about dirt in a little bit what about it has been suiting your style because those are the tracks that a lot of people seem surprised that you're running up front um so tell us a little bit about what do you think is fitting your style with those two uh disciplines of tracks yeah i'm not really sure i think um you know over the years i've gone to a lot of different racetracks you know, running, you know, the Midwest Tour and traveling around with uh, the late model team, I've just sort of learned to adapt quickly to different scenarios and different situations and different disciplines. Um, that's something that you always take pride in as, as a driver, being able to do things that you haven't done before and adapt quickly and perform well uh, with not a lot of experience. So, um, but we have a lot of great tools, Toyota provides us you know, time at the simulator and I, I race a lot, watch film, write anything I can do to uh, shorten that learning curve before you show up in real life. Just help. So uh, I feel like just being 
being prepared, right? Doing my due diligence before I to these new racetracks, and um, got a lot of good people around me. The truck is obviously fast. Uh, Joe's done a great job, um, you know, building his his road course trucks, and um, you know the setups have been really good. So I think it's just all those things uh, working together will yield your results like that, and uh, you know, in a new situation. Then we go you know, to uh, now, like we just said uh, on the dirt. Uh, you finished fifth in stage one, fourth in the race. Uh, another great showing on the dirt. Yeah, dirt. You know, we uh, we ran really, really good at Bristol. Um, really had a, had a chance to win that race. Uh, missed the strategy a little bit. Um, didn't get through the uh, the field as good as what Ben did there, but uh, really had a fast truck. And then over to Knoxville. Knoxville is a little bit more. Um, I guess uh, challenging for me, um, just a different racetrack, and the track was rough and uh, wet, and it was uh, you know the, the lane was constantly evolving and moving from the top to the bottom, back to the bottom, back to the top. Uh, it was just it was uh, definitely more of a challenge. But uh, you know there was a, a spot in the race where we fell back outside the top ten. Uh, Joe made some great adjustments during the break and uh, got the truck back drivable for me again. We were able to. To march back up to the field and finish four. So uh, that was a, a really good day for us on the dirt. I uh, made adjustments throughout the race and got the truck um, better. You know, Joe doesn't have a ton of experience on dirt either, right? He's not a, a, a dirt expert by any means. Obviously, he's incredibly smart with race trucks. Uh, so it was cool for uh, him and I to both adapt to uh, to the race as, as it progresses. Hey, you know, being in a competitive race truck, you know, and you're running all, a lot of times, you know, top three, four, sometimes six, you're, you're in some really competitive competition out there. It's got to be the most intense racing that you've ever had in your career. Is that true? Yeah, just the, the nature of the truck series is uh, really aggressive just because dirty air is um, – so huge um you know these trucks are so big they poke such a big hole in the air right and uh it takes away the air you know behind you right creates a wake and uh when you're in that guy's wake from in front of you it you know your truck doesn't handle as good so uh that's why you see just so much aggression on restarts and putting yourself in situations that maybe you know aren't right but uh, you know you've got to try and take advantage of those situations to, to gain spots. Um, so just sort of, you know, crazy different type of racing. The restarts are insane. Uh, having a good spotter is very, very important. I've got a really good one of Brandon Lyons. He's done a, a great job for me uh, so far this season. And um, it's been a learning experience for sure, uh, but certainly a successful one. Well, then you went to Nashville, and that was another one that you kind of had circled there. Uh, another great points day, stage finishes of eighth and eighth, uh, and then you come home fourth. So another top five for you in the 66 team, man. That's kind of the the how's your season has gone as a whole. Yeah, no doubt. We're you know 14 races in. We've got seven top fives. Um, if you would have you know told me we were going to do that at the beginning of the season, I probably would have said you're crazy. But uh, you know it's. You know, it's cool being around such a great group of guys. Uh, not only the 66 team, but Thor Sport as a whole. They're just really, really good people up here. And uh, we're, we're having fun going out week in and week out with fast race trucks. So, you know, it's it's cool, you know, no matter what racetrack we go to, whether it's dirt or road course, short track, intermediate, super speedway, I feel like we've performed at all of them. So there's, 
there's no there's no race we really don't have circled anymore, which is which is a really cool spot to be in. Uh, just shows the depth of Thor Sport, the race trucks, and um, you know Joe and the engineers, you know, giving me great great trucks to drive, and um, it's uh, it's been a blast so far this year. Let's talk more about that a little bit because at the start of the season, and this is just my opinion coming from you, you seemed a little hesitant on setting goals out there, like you didn't want to put too much pressure on yourself or the team. And you have gone out there and, and I, in my opinion, well outperformed what you and maybe the team even even set for yourselves. I mean, you're you're the best in points uh, that hasn't clinched yet. Uh, you have a chance to clinch this weekend at Mid-Ohio. The confidence, it, I believe it just shows so much in you and doing the interviews and, and how you talked about truck racing so far. So um, talk to us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think, you know, coming into, you know, here, I'll back up, you know, my NASCAR career before this point um, hasn't been good. There's that's no secret there, right? The uh, Roush and, and, and the Nice opportunities just didn't pan out how we all had hoped them to pan out. And um, don't have anything bad to say about any of those guys there. I just don't feel like it was uh, the right timing, maybe where I was at or 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 where the, where the organization was at at that time. And, um, it just sometimes the timing just isn't right, and uh, you know coming into this, uh, you know the four sport organization obviously they've got uh, a ton of success and really fast race trucks and good people from top to the bottom, um, and that's hard to find, right? I think you know, Duke and Ronda built a, a huge empire here, and and it's easy to see that once you're around the shop. So uh, just thankful to be in this position. Um, you know coming into the season, I didn't didn't want to over you know, set too high goals, right? I, I always thought I could perform. Uh, always felt I'd belong, you know, in, in the top three series of NASCAR, but um, never had the results to show for it. And I, had, you know, I, I kind of had took a different mindset coming into this opportunity, um, just taking what the truck would give me, right? If it's 10th that day, don't don't try and finish fifth and put yourself in a bad spot. Come home with a tore-up race truck. And, um, you know, knock on wood so far this year, we've done uh, a great job at, at keeping trucks in one piece. And, uh, being able to work on them and make them better throughout the race season, and uh, you know, and, and not working guys so hard. Uh, so that's uh, been a huge part of it too. So um, overall, just like you said, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Take what the truck gives you, and that's sort of the mindset that I've had this year, and uh, it's been working out. You said something that's very interesting to me there, and I think because the truck series is historically younger, younger drivers and inexperienced drivers not overdriving the truck. Um, I, I think that that is one thing that goes a long way. Yeah, definitely. You know, going back to, um, you know, the Roush days, I was so excited to have that opportunity, right? I was, you know, a Roush development driver, hooked up a Ford, right? I'm like, man, I'm going to prove these guys I can do this, right? I'm going to go out and, you know, take maybe Roush equipment that wasn't, you know, necessarily capable of winning up the time, but I'm going to go out and run good with it. And that's just mindset that we all had, right? And you're sharing a, a ride with two other guys who are thinking the same thing. And you can say there wasn't a competition, right? But there always is when you race. You know, you're, you're basically at the same point in your careers and you're in the same truck or the same car with the same people. You want to outperform the other two. It's just natural, right? And uh, I think just all those factors just 
um, you know, cause the six program to really be a, a catastrophe to say the least. Just didn't go well, and I think uh, that was part of it. All of our mindsets were competing against each other. We wanted to do well, and um, quite frankly, I don't, I don't feel like their equipment was where where they wanted it to be, and we were all worked hard at, you know, trying to put the best pieces out there we could. We, you know, everybody from the top to bottom worked hard at it, but. Uh, it just wasn't there, and um, you know, I think us drivers were pushing too hard and put ourselves in bad spots a lot. Hey, back home here, we always notice there's sometimes that you get snubbed that they don't interview you. But hey, Jamie Little came to the shop this week uh, and had an interview, and it's going to be on before the the race on tomorrow. How did that all go, and uh, how'd that work out for you? Yeah, that was uh, that was great. Um, actually, we were supposed to do. Uh, I was supposed to go to. Um, uh, the Fox Sports Studio at Race Hub and announce our uh, Road Ranger sponsorship, and it just didn't didn't work out in the plan. So they decided they were going to come up to the shop and do a sit down interview with me instead. So uh, excited for it to air tomorrow um, before the before the truck race here at Mid Ohio. So uh, excited for that it was a great interview. Um, glad to have the opportunity to do that. So uh, hopefully we can give them no choice but to interview us tomorrow afternoon. For sure. That is something that, yeah, we have noticed up here, uh, uh, even with your good runs. But uh, uh, going into tomorrow, you know, you qualified 21st, but it was it was raining there. Tell us about the conditions that you uh, and challenges that you faced with the rain today. Uh, very, very wet. Uh, first, first real time, you know, running in the rain, obviously rain tires and, you know, the track got rubbered up because we, we practiced earlier in the day in the dry. And uh, so there was obviously a distinct, distinct lane of rubber on the racetrack. Um, for those of you that don't know, when you uh, race in the rain or, or run a lap in the rain, you basically avoid that rubber uh, because it's super slick when it gets wet. Uh, so you're basically searching, you're, you're running offline, so you're braking, um, you know, offline, and then you cross the rubber. It's really slick for a second, and then you get out of the rubber, and you add grip again. So uh, you basically take what you do on a normal lap and just do the opposite um, from, a, from a line perspective. So uh, just a different just a different whole uh, mindset, I guess, to uh, to make speed in the rain. And um, just, Like I said, I have zero experience with it, but I've had zero experience with it uh, before today, so Learning experience, there's you know, only one way to learn is by doing it. So uh, hopefully something I'll get better at and kind of have a, an idea of what I can do better, what I can do different. But uh, overall, certainly a challenge. What's your outlook for tomorrow uh, with it, you know, the weather? I believe it's supposed to be nice down there. So um, it'll change a little bit with what you dealt with uh, practice and qualifying today. Uh, but you're going to have to come through a little bit of traffic. It's a standalone race for the truck series. So there's no, uh, there's basically regulars throughout the field. Um, talk us about your outlook for tomorrow. It's uh, to be an interesting race for sure. Obviously, uh, like you said, it's the non-companion. So uh, no live pit stops. So we can only fuel and put tires on at the stage end. So um, eliminates any any opportunity for for strategy at all so uh basically if we're gonna win the race we're gonna have to pass 20 trucks uh that's the bottom line so no flipping stages no taking you know fuel only two tires it's uh you know, straight up gonna have to beat them the old-fashioned way so 
Uh, that's good and bad. Obviously, qualifying was huge. Knowing that, um, obviously didn't qualify well. So uh, we're gonna have to beat them the old-fashioned way. I feel like we have had a, had a really good truck in the dry. Um, when I think that's capable of running inside the top ten. So um, hopefully we can uh, try and keep it clean and uh, pass uh, pass trucks tomorrow and, and uh, get a solid finish and like I said in the playoffs. Hey, buddy, on Father's Day, we got, we went to Slinger, and we seen you were there shaking down the 21 car. Did you learn anything for the Nationals upcoming? Well, yeah, we did. Um, we learned that we had, we had missed a few things uh, from a setup perspective and um, really had some things wrong. So uh, I'm excited going back. That was probably the worst car that I've had there in a lot of years. Usually we're, um, you know, pretty strong at Slinger. I feel like there we were uh, just mediocre. So I kind of sort of attrition my way into a second place finish there, passed a couple cars at the end, but uh, overall really couldn't, really couldn't go anywhere. So uh, found a, a few things that uh, we had wrong. And uh, so we're going to regroup and, and go test there on Monday and, and hopefully uh, we'll be trying to get our third Driving for uh, Todd Nagel in the 21 for the, the Slinger Nationals, you've been in that car a few times now. Um, tell us about driving for, for Todd. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a great opportunity. Uh, Todd with Incredible Bank and uh, West Coon and Darren Soybert. Um, you know, same same core crew, right? We still have Chris, Craig, Banks, and, and Toby. Uh, same equipment, right? They're the same Toby cars. Uh, everything's the same, just uh, – uh, just a couple different people running it. So, uh, been a good opportunity this season. Um, you know, Manstead's wanted to, to back off a little bit. Uh, he's been really, really busy. He had a couple key guys uh, quit at his, uh, his um, steel fab business. So, he's been a- having to uh, take over a lot of the uh, day-to-day duties again. Uh, so, he wanted to back off a little bit. It was a good opportunity for us to, um, you know, do something a little bit, a little bit different to, to still go to the racetrack on a regular basis on, on the super late model side. So it's been great so far. We've, uh, you know, you know, fired off, you know, pretty well, you know, winning, winning citrus and, and then the rattler, um, haven't won in the Midwest yet this year. I can't believe, um, I'm saying that. And it's, uh, Thomas Slinger national. It's been a lot of years since, um, gone this long. So, uh, I'm a little bit of a, of a drought here. So trying to get our stuff put together. And I haven't raced too much. Only race, I think three Midwest races so far this year. So, um, but uh, excited to get back. I uh, love Slinger National. Stacked entry list, probably the best that uh, that I've ever been a part of. So um, going to be a fun race on Tuesday. That was actually going to be my next comment, that we were talking to Dennis Chase of Chase Motorsports uh, last night after the, the white race up here. Um, and he's and he and, and we kind of agree with him. It, it may be the best lineup ever, uh, for sure, in, in a long time there. But um, uh, also, uh, speaking of that, Chad Butts took the, the white race last night, someone that you've been helping out. Yeah, Chad, you know, I've been working. You know, well, first of all, in 2013, I actually ran for Butts um, back in, in Katana, and we ran a few other races that year. Um, and, and uh, you know, they made the transition over from. Uh, standard left-handers to Toby Cars. Uh, I think that was at the beginning of uh, last year. It might have been the year before. Um, but uh, you know, they're they're good. They're really good people. Uh, work hard at what they do, and uh, so I've kind of um, been helping them out quite a bit over the phone and stuff. And went to their place, their shop, a few times last year, uh, helped them 
uh, just get pointing in the right direction now that they have Toby stuff. And uh, cool to cool to see the you know the, the guy that I'm helping uh, go out and, and run well. So he's obviously does a great job. You know, Mike does a great job with the cars, and uh, Chad's a good little driver. So it's uh it's been fun to to watch uh, to watch Chad grow as a driver and uh, and uh, and also help him with the setups. It's uh it's uh, rewarding for me. Um. Well, thank you so much for your time, Ty. We, we appreciate it. We'll let you go since you have a busy schedule. Uh, good luck at Mid-Ohio tomorrow. We'll look forward to seeing you climb, climb through that field a little bit, and then uh, we'll see you Tuesday for the uh, Slinger Nationals. Uh, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. Yep, good luck, buddy. See you, there. I'll see you on Tuesday. All right, see you there, bud. Well, Mark, uh, great to catch up with Ty. Um, always, always great to catch up with him. I know it's been a little while. Um, but, hey, man, he can he can clinch this weekend. He really doesn't need that many points to do it. I think I saw 23 uh, points. So uh, it's very, very possible, and uh, that's pretty cool. You know, maybe it comes down to learning how to win. You know, all he's got to do is just win and uh and maybe a lot of other things will fix itself, and he might get on a roll here. And hey, who knows, man? He could he could pull that off. It's possible. It is very possible. And for how uh, well he's been doing at the road courses, it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see him climb f- through the field faster than people may think. You know, that was a pretty long stretch. You know that they've been running on that truck series, and I suppose. You know, going to Slinger, it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> kind of for maybe for fun, you know. It's not as much. I I guess there still would be pressure at Slinger with that lineup that's there. So, yeah, the hits keep coming for that. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't for know. Sure. Go, home to, go home to have fun and, and uh, you know, just to have fun and go race with the boys, you know. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you still got to take it, take it very seriously. But you said the key word there, fun. Fun with a capital F, that's what it's about. Well, yeah, go home and have fun. You know, just kind of take a break from the truck series and do something like that. So it's a change for him. So uh, good medicine to keep the wheel in the hand. For sure, no doubt. Um, All right, let's let's get into our notes here, going all the way back to Memorial Day weekend. Um, Been doing some local stuff here. Thank you all for being patient with us. Of course, you probably saw. Uh, the name change for the parent company, which switches from Double L Sports Network to Lower Sports. Uh, that's just the editing side of things. Nothing's going to change with Mark and I on the podcast. Uh, we'll stay Loose Lugs Racing Podcast, and we'll keep rolling our new things. It's really a minor change uh, all in all. Um, but the, the truck series at Charlotte Memorial Day weekend, special weekend for NASCAR. NASCAR, in my opinion, does the best at supporting our military, and that's that's one of the coolest things you see all weekend long. Um, how about that? Yeah, we just talked to Ty. He was on the pole and leads the first lap over Kyle Busch. He, he has a good battle with him. Um, Zane Smith would go on to win the stage over Ty, though. You know, Charlotte, you know, Ty run there in the Arca Series and, and won there, you know. So there was some experience there. Yeah, all of a sudden, hey, he got the pole. And, uh, yeah, to beat Kyle Busch, uh, that's something like that. That's uh, good stuff right there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the second stage, uh, Ben Rhodes would actually win that one under caution. Uh, there was a big moment for Chastain. He had a hell of a save there in stage two, but Ben Rhodes takes it. Um, Hosevar was dominating late in the race, but there was a caution with four to go, 
And then on the restart, he got loose and put Priest in the wall in one and two. And then he gets loose in three and four as well, uh, spins and puts Priest in the wall. There was some interesting comments after that out of Ryan Priest saying, um, kids, if you're watching, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> was was apologetic, uh, dejected. Obviously, he would have easily won that race had that caution not came out. Um, but some interesting comments there in an interesting situation. It was sugar-coated on the TV, but it got a little bit more on the radio side of it. So he had even some stronger stuff to say I said over there. So, but. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they go three wide for the lead on the final lap uh, between Nemechek, Eckes, and Chastain. Chastain gets help from Enfinger and goes on to win. Uh, so Chastain, Enfinger, Nemechek, Eckes, Zane Smith, Tanner Gray, Kyle Busch, Chandler Smith, uh, Friesen, Rhodes, and Priest were your top ten there. Um, really, really a, a good good race, a good finish there. Unfortunate for Holsevar, but a good finish. Yeah, Holsevar has had all kinds of them kind of um, sad endings, you know, when he should have won and it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, he has. Uh, then we go into the Xfinity Series race. Um, the stage ends under caution. Uh, Barry wins that first stage. Uh, in stage two, Allgaier has a heck of a save. Also, Brandon Jones does. Jones was amazing, that save he had there. Um, Allgaier would also win stage two. Yeah, Allgaier. He uh, starts always starts slow, but, boy, as the year goes on, he uh, he picks up steam as the season goes. Yeah, and I said also win stage two. I mean, I was talking about Allgaier saving and then win stage two, so Barry won the yeah. first stage. But, um after that, Austin Dillon uh, would lose a tire after contact with Jones, Clex Sieg, Alfredo, Graf, and Parsons. That looked like a Daytona or a Talladega wreck. Yeah, pile them up. <laughs> Charlotte's good for them once in a while, too, you know. Yeah. Um, tight racing between Elgire and Barry uh, all race long. Some contact between teammates. Something that we've seen quite a bit out of them this year, but all in all been pretty clean. Um, and then one one slider that Elgire pulled should have really been a wreck, but um, Barry goes on and wins the race over Ty Gibbs. Listen, yeah, Barry Barry's now starting to think about cup riding now, you know, just like eh, he used to just run late model race cars and then all of a sudden he moved up, you know. Now I'm hearing that he's actually got looking around that maybe he wants to move up to the cup series, so um, he's got the talent. <laughs> well, let's talk about that for a second. Um, Junior Motorsports has been in the news lately for wanting to go cup racing and Gregson's name's been uh, thrown around, but what if it's Josh Berry that uh, fits into that ride if they go cup racing in a year or two? You never know. Once again, you know, we'll have to to watch and see what the sponsors and how the stars line up for him. So, yeah, but uh, he has the talent to get there. For sure. And you know what? Uh, just heard from Ty Majeski. Ty Majeski could be on the Josh Berry plan. Um, very, I feel like they're very similar drivers. Could have very, you know, different paths, but uh, you know, older driver progressing in the sport. Don't see that so much. Yeah. So, yep. It all depends how the sponsors are and how it lines up. So, that's all silly season stuff yet. So, but uh, <laughs> it's already being talked about here. You know, halfway through this season, they're already looking forward to next year. Yeah, and I say older, and I think Ty is twenty-seven. So put that in in perspective here. For hey, we knew we knew him when he was fifteen. 
you know, all of a sudden you're just like, wow, man, I've known him personally for 12 years, you know, and uh, it just seems like, you know, he was still he was still growing when we met him, you know, and he's turned out to be one heck of a race car driver, man. <laughs> yep, yep, for sure. Uh, and then we had the Coca-Cola 600. Um, Suarez kind of squeezed Kyle Busch at, at one point, and Busch uh, spun out. That was for the lead. Elliott would go on to win the stage over Tyler Reddick. Yeah, <laughs> Kyle Kyle Busch still was a wheel man. Any more anybody less than that probably would have put her in the fence. And uh, yeah, Suarez kind of chopped him and turned him around. And Kyle still was a wheel man to, to save the car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lars, uh, Larson, excuse me, was kind of having a rough day. Two penalties for equipment outside the box, and then he was on fire for a little bit. Uh, but he still had a shot for a good day. But unfortunately, he and Blaney stayed out. And uh, both had issues after that happened. Blaney got loose and brushed the wall. Larson got loose and spun out shortly after that. Yep. So that was a strategy of what was going on there. Uh, and then after after that, speaking about Blaney, Blaney hit the apron and, and spun on a restart, collected a bunch of cars, Byron, Bubba, Kurt Busch, Hamlin, Truex, others involved in that. Um, Suarez would win the stage over Ross Chastain. Yeah, yeah. It looked like Blaney just touched the apron just a little bit, and then you know, once they're all side by side like that, it just turns out to be a big heap. You pile them all up. Yeah, and the other thing that was interesting in that stage too, there, um, due to the caution, Chase Elliott didn't get a chance to meet minimum speed um, because they didn't go green long enough. He came back down pit road, but due to that, because it's the length of pit road, the damage vehicle policy. Uh, expired on him, so he had to park his car, even though he probably could have continued. You know, it used to be five minutes, and they generously gave one more minute, six minutes. Sometimes there's guys that are actually getting caught when they were close to going back out, you know, or you know, Bubba, Bubba Wallace, there was something like that, that they wanted him to limp along just to make it to the end of the stage, and it wasn't fast enough. The NASCAR said, oh, park it. You're not fast enough. That was kind of a strategy deal. I'm just like, well, that kind of stunk, but yeah. that's that's the rule. <laughs> so, you know that that tells you right there that you really have to be on top of it at all times. But you remember back in the '80s, you know these cars were all wrecked and they were taped and there was parts and pieces and these things flapping in the wind and I mean there was some real structural damage race cars racing around on the bottom, you know, but they were in the way, and that was a safety kind of deal, you know, and it's probably a good deal that they kind of made a rule to, to keep the junkers off the track. <laughs> well, I don't remember the 80s. I wasn't around, but if you would have said 90s or 2000s, uh, yes, I do remember those. <laughs> it was it was always that way that, you know, that's where 200-mile-an-hour tape came from, you know, mm-hmm. just tape it on. Nothing's bolted on or anything, and some somehow that damn tape would last. They proved that at Daytona, you know, and taping up cars and they're just tapes flying in the breeze, but the, the parts would stay on. It was. Um, <laughs> I had a joke with you a little bit and uh, show your age a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm getting up there. So, but I'm still, uh, still uh, full throttle, buddy. Full throttle. Full throttle. Hey, uh, happy birthday yesterday as well. We didn't announce that on the podcast. Yeah, but, yeah, but kinda... I appreciate every, everybody that reached out to me, man. Super day, man. Super, super day. So always the best time of year to have a birthday, right around the 4th of July. Perfect time of year. And on a race night. 
Oh yeah, well that was that was convenient. They could have saved the fireworks from last week too, and put them out this week for, on on my honor too. But uh, well, <laughs> can't have everything, man. All right, right, yeah, uh, all right. Um, Cal Bush spins or saves it, I guess you would say. Goes right on to pit road. No caution. Good call. He did end up pitting. Uh, Chastain would win the stage over Briscoe. Remember, that was the third stage because the Coca-Cola 600, being the length that it is, has four stages. Yeah, four stages. stages. More. Yeah, yeah. but there's more points. There's 10 more stage points that are available there. So, yeah, they, they put that out of 100 laps, each one, 100, 200, 300, 400. So for the laps, and that's how the stages work there. Yeah, Briscoe and Suarez make contact with Suarez spinning on the front stretch. He gets tagged by Gillen and Busher. Busher flips after his tire comes off and suspension grinds into the turf. Remember, we have been proponents of the turf there, but you saw a car flip, but it was that's not why it flipped. It was due to uh, what was going on with the car. Yeah, it was mechanical there. That's an independent suspension there. And when all of a sudden it dug in and it just like surprisingly like, wow, look at that. That car took off on him and uh, did quite the tumble. Oh, yeah. Um, another big wreck. Uh, Austin Dillon had a huge run and went for the lead. Chastain, Larson, and him made contact. Dillon went hard into the wall. Logano went hard in the wall. Larson spins. Uh, Chastain had decent damage. Trex, Custer, and Stenhouse also involved. So there's another big wreck at Charlotte. Yep, yep. Charlie will do that. Wait till Atlanta this week, buddy. That that comes back to haunt us this week. It'll be interesting this weekend what's going to happen down in Atlanta. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, we've seen it once before. Let's see it a second time now. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But uh, uh, Hamlin goes on to win the Coca Cola 600 over Kyle Busch, who had, had a bunch of issues, but comes back to finish second. Yeah. Talk about Denny Hamlin. Have you seen that new Coca-Cola car? Wow, that is probably the sharpest race car I have ever seen. It's got the red and everything like that, but it that I like that. That was that was one that made me stop and look at that. So it, I see you shaking your head, but I'll just, um, I was impressed. That is really a cool-looking paint job. It is a cool-looking paint job, no doubt about it, but I will not say it's the best ever. I don't know. You think back to... Uh, you know, the Haviland 28 car, or you think well, yeah. uh, the Mellow Yellow. How about, how about the best paint job with the with the number where it's located now? How's that? I'll, give me give me that one there where all these, because I'm still trying to get used to this number being on the front of the door, but the way this car, this way this one is presented, it just, I, I think it's the best paint job since the number's been moved to its uh, location right now that's my opinion i'd have to think about that i i w i was trying to think of the driver and the paint scheme that i really liked earlier in the year but i can't think of it at the moment uh, well, when you see this coca-cola one you're gonna go yeah i see well, what you're I, talking uh, about. yeah it, there's a little red there buddy it's red well yeah I, I did. It, it, it's sharp. It is It is super sharp. It is one of the better ones that we've seen, especially with the new car. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I agree with you. It's sharp. But Denny Allen wins the 600, and uh, that's a feat in itself right there. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. he, has a, he has a tendency to show up 
late at these big races. You know, you think about multiple time Daytona 500, Coca Cola 600. Wasn't the Coca Cola 600 the last one for him to win to win uh, all of the big races? But what's he up to now? They they were keeping count of his uh, pit stop mistakes. What's he up to? Like 27, 28? I mean, he just constantly is making mistakes. And if he don't clean that up in the playoffs, man, that could bite him, bite him hard. For sure. Yeah. You I'll you and you've been talking about that all year, pit road penalties and how big they'll be and and you see Hamlin just continuously getting them. Every week, every week he's getting pinched for doing something or other. He just can't stay stay clean, but you know, he still does it early enough that he can actually pull a rabbit out of his hat. Right, right, yeah. I guess if you're going to do it, do it early, but better not do, it'd be better not to do it at all. That's right. Otherwise, you do it late, you ain't going to recover. That's right. Uh, let's transition into the uh, trucks at Gateway. Chandler Smith wins stage one over Corey Heim. Uh, in stage two, you just heard it from Ty himself. He got loose and made contact with Taylor Gray, who hit the wall. And then Nemechek got Nemechek got loose and spun. Ty Ty got in that mess with Little Howard and others uh, getting uh, run into from behind there. Yeah, Nemechek was my pick, and after I saw that, I said to hell with this, and I went and mowed the lawn. <laughs> so my day was my day was ruined. And then Ty, yeah, Ty slid right into it and piled her in there, yeah. And then, hey, yeah, we talked about that ratchet strap, you know. That was interesting. One, hey, now that's thinking outside the box. And then they went to commercial and they come back to, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> but I, I thought it was, hey, you're thinking outside the box. I thought that was pretty cool. I was thinking, how did no one else think about this before? Um, I thought that was pretty cool, but then they said, yeah, it's not allowed. So that's why no one thought about it in recent that's history. exactly. Well, now we know. Now we know that you can't do that. So <laughs> right. sometimes uh, you need a reminder, I guess, maybe, huh? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, and Finger got loose underneath Chandler, and they both spun and hit the wall. That was for the lead. Rhodes would go on to win stage two over Matt Crafton. Um how about Friesen showing his displeasure with Deegan after the stage? Deegan kind of squeezed Friesen in the wall in the last lap of that stage. She's having a horrible year. It's just like, she just can't seem to stay consistent. Um, that's my opinion. She just needs more seat time. She just keep plugging away. Yep, yep. Um, Crafton and Holsvar made contact late with Holsvar going around. And then Kraus, Derek Kraus, who we got to have back on here soon. Um, we'll see him down at the Slinger Nationals. Uh, he took the lead with 18 to go, but Atkins runs him down and took the lead with six to go. Uh, but a caution did come out with three to go. And Kraus chose to follow Atkins on the restart, which would give the inside lane in front row to Corey Heim. And Corey Heim would go on and win the race. Over yep, it was all because of where Derek picked that gave Corey Heim that victory. So interesting stuff there. Yeah, um, you know, Kraus and Hosevar made contact with Hosevar spinning there uh, on that restart and a big hit from Tyler Hill. Uh, Hosevar had leg pain and was taken away on a stretcher where we learned that he uh, had a pretty serious injury on that leg. Yeah, he broke his leg. Yeah, broke his ankle. So so he's been hobbling around uh, on crutches. I think he's still still on crutches. I see he won a, didn't he win a race over in Michigan maybe? It was a... And uh, the crutches are still still there. He's supposed to be at the Slinger Nationals on Tuesday, and I don't know if he's gotten rid of the crutches yet or not, but uh, that's impressive, you know, running around on a bad wheel and still performing rather well. 
Absolutely. Uh, then the Xfinity Series went to Portland. Uh, small little road course there. That was interesting. Um, and to add to it, not even being a small road course, it started raining. Um, Almendinger went off three times in the first stage alone. Elgire did once. Gibbs would win the stage over uh, Hill. Uh, Herp spun and took a big hit from Galding in stage two. And then while leading, Iwuji was going by, was told to pass Gibbs there and go around and nailed Ty Gibbs. Yeah, I I wasn't too I don't know, man. I've I've lost I've lost the idea of running in the in the rain. Um, it just it's it's not as good as I expected. I mean, it was great back in the day. Hey, we did it, but um, boy, it changes everything. And it's not fair for the fans to sit out in that crap. I mean, we sat. We were kind of lucky when we were at Road America. You know, we found some space like that. It's 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 not unique, but it sure taints the race. And I just like, eh, um, that's that was my feeling. Uh, for me. The interesting thing about the rain would be is if it's like midway through the race or late in the race, if the rain's coming um, and then the strategy plays out. We saw that at Road America one time where they didn't mandate the caution to put on the rain tires. They made the teams choose and it was um, oh, the uh, Alex Tagliani that took rain tires late and almost came through the field and Brendan Gaughan actually won that race. But uh that's the interesting part. I kind of agree with you. If it's just raining, it kind of, it kind of does dampen the racing. Uh, no pun intended, I guess. But um, we, we uh, saw that in Austin last year. Austin, how much of a just a downer that was. And now you saw Austin run this year and go. Now that was cool. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to Austin next year. Um, but that rain out just like it just kind of was a damper on the on the holes. I don't know. We'll Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, Gibbs uh, ran gets run a little ride by Gregson, and Gibbs retaliates by spinning uh, Gregson. Gibbs and Creed spin a little while after that as well. AJ went off for a fourth time in, in Stage 2. Snyder would win the stage over Lally. And then Chaos, the Reeves Buford, gets hit into Creed and Quinn's. Uh, a bunch have to avoid and miss that chicane, so they had to come to a stop. Uh, Creed gets going but runs into LeBay, who didn't come to a complete stop yet, so he mashed the brakes, and he got into him. Um, major damage for, for Creed. Creed got out of his car and gave the double bird, and for good measure, another single bird to Buford, um, but he didn't know that Buford got pushed into him, so how about the triple bird? There you go, the triple bird. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, and it wasn't blurred out either. So you definitely told him that he, he was number one three times. <laughs> He's had a um, rotten year. He has had a terrible season. Uh, you'd have to say straight up. I mean, that team has always been rather performance has been rather good, and it's just just bad luck all the way around. No speed, and and, and just struggling with everything on that team. Yeah. Um. Still can see the talent at times, but the like you said with Deegan, consistently needs more seat time. The team needs to be more consistent for him as well. So um, that's what that's about. Um, but how about um, AJ Almendinger wins the race over Snyder? 
Um, there was some more action late, but yep, AJ <laughs> AJ wins. There were some hurt feelings after that one. Uh, Gregson says he will pay back Gibbs, um, but AJ he goes off track four times and still wins. That's amazing. Yeah, he even said it was just a terrible car, and somehow he got it back and worked at it all day and found himself up front at the end. Yep. Um, Cup was at Gateway for the first time. Um, Cindric would win stage one over Blaney. Uh, stage two, Chastain get, got into Hamlin after trying to get by him for a while. Hamlin hits the wall and ha- uh, has broken parts in the back of the car. And then that's when the interesting stuff happened. Chastain was trying to get by Hamlin, and Hamlin was sitting there and swerving at him. And and then Chastain gets into uh, uh, Chase Elliott, and Chase Elliott is uh, mad at him, so they kind of tag-teamed him there on one of the restarts. And, oh, man, the drama. Yeah, there was drama there. It was just like it kind of takes takes the interest off of the race, and you're watching the shenanigans going on there. Um, yeah, it is what it is. When you got a victory under your belt, you can actually sit there and play them kind of games, you know. But if if you're you're trying to get yourself into the playoff hunt, you ain't got time to be messing around with that. You got to get up front and keep going. For sure. Um, Stenhouse got into Bubba and Bubba spun, and Denny didn't appreciate that either. He showed his good friend Stenhouse that he wasn't happy with that. So, boy, Denny was hot underneath the collar <laughs> stage two on that one. Yeah, yeah. It's all uh, part of being a car owner too, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Harvick had a brake issue on the right side and nails the wall with five to go. The race would go into overtime. Logano passes Kyle Busch back on the restart to win. They had a pretty good battle. Um, so Logano first, Kyle Busch second there for the first time at Gateway. Yeah, that Harvick hit. You never really see Harvick ever take a badass hit, and that was a that one. He tried to move the wall with that hit. That was a good one. Oh, he sure did. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Sonoma Trucks, uh, Bubba blows up early. Larson would win the stage uh, over Logano. There was a lot of cup uh, drivers in this truck race. Um, Hendrick becomes the first team to lead 100,000 miles uh, at Sonoma. Uh, just just incredible. That's that's a lots of miles all through the years all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, this is the cup race here. Um, so Elliot and Busher go in. Uh, they were running first and second. They both received penalties on the stops prior to the stage. That would definitely hurt them with trying to come back through the field. Uh, Logano would win the stage over Almirola. Yeah, you, you need track position at Sonoma. You're not going to come from the back, and that, that that's such a short race, too, you know. And so you got to be flawless at that track, no mistakes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Larson loses a tire at Sonoma. That's no good. Um, Kyle Busch spun while being three wide. That cost Bowman big time. Uh, Suarez would go on to win over Chris Busher. And how about this? Suarez well, celebrates by breaking a taco pinata down on the front stretch. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, why not, huh? <laughs> Good for him, though. And he had, a, he had a whole bunch of fans that were there, you know, in the section like that, and they were whooping it up. They were having a hell of a good time. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, First-time winner. Um, you know, Ross Chastain has been running so well for Trackhouse. Trackhouse has been unbelievable. 
Yep, yep, they're peaking now. Let's see if they can peak at playoff time or, or who is going to peak at playoff time. That's that's when uh, we'll see what's going to happen in the future. Absolutely. Uh, we kind of skipped over the Sonoma trucks there. Sorry about that. Uh, Ty Majeski would win stage one over Tyler Ankrum. Uh, ben Rhodes would win stage two over Chandler Smith. And uh, Kyle Busch would win the race over Zane Smith with Ty finishing in third. Uh, a good truck race at Sonoma as well. Yeah, that was a good truck race, and they haven't been there in a while, so, you know, that was uh, good stuff. Um, Yeah, I like Sonoma. It was okay. Good weekend yeah. there. Yeah, I put on a pretty good show, I, I would say. Ooh. Sonoma, you know, that turn 11, that's always the interesting spot there. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you, them bundled up tires get hit, you know, and they get moved over, whatever, and you got to have a caution. It's, uh, it's quite the unique track. I hate it on iRacing. I, I don't even... <laughs> I own it, and I won't even race it. I just can, I cannot. I'm totally intimidated by that place. That's why it's kind of unique when like a guy like Ty Majeski that's never even been in the place goes out there and performs like that. He's not intimidated by a road course like that. It's just that is unbelievable. That takes that takes talent to be confident that you're going to walk go out there on a road course like that and get a top three. Are you kidding me? Oh, for sure. Um, and, you know, speaking of the, the truck race, how about truck qualifying? Hosevar goes to the pole, but he drove it too hard into the last turn there, gets out into the dirt and wrecks, and that was um, right after he had hurt his leg. So um, he ended up being okay, but unfortunately he got the pole, but was going to have to start for, from the back and actually Suarez then did fill, fill in for him after a few laps. Yeah, yep, so – but, uh, yeah, I <laughs> had the pole, and then he missed turn, what is it, turn 10. And that's yeah. a tricky little right-handed corner there, too. For if you sure. put the tires off into the dirt, you're gone. You're, you're going to go for a ride. Well, and because they won't, don't want the trucks or cars to have to go around another lap, similar in IndyCar, they moved the start-finish line for qualifying over in that direction. So he was trying to just get to the start-finish line as fast as he can and just overdrove it just that little bit, and it was it was on. That's all it takes. Uh, sticking with the trucks here, they go to Knoxville. What an outstanding, outstanding national anthem on that harmonica. Unbelievable oh, how that guy yep. held that note there. Awesome. I could go back. I have gone back and watched that so many times. I love it. Yeah, that was good stuff. Just like, wow, check this dude out. Um, so looking at Knoxville, you know, um, was off that weekend, thought about taking a runner down to Knoxville. That is my bucket list. Probably going to hit that next year. Um, definitely looks like there's seats available. Um, there was probably more fans, maybe a little bit more this year than last year, but look like there's still some good seats available. Um, I think Knoxville could actually be on the fun tour next year. If I was going to do Knoxville, no offense to the trucks. I love the trucks, but I would do the sprint car race there. Yeah, that too. There's there's eight guardrails stacked in the corners for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> keep them keep them in the ballpark. Yeah, but yeah. Good old Knoxville. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the action at Knoxville though. <laughs> Nemechek, Hosvar, Deegan, and Gillen would win heat races, but Hosvar had some damage after he and Chandler Smith got together a few times, and he also hit the berm there um, in one of the turns. Uh, Hosvar would win stage one over Todd Gillen. Todd Gilliland would win stage two over Zane Smith. And in the race, Moffitt got a black flag for a restart violation. He would have to go through the pits. That was uh, that was an interesting call there. Um, 
unfortunate for Moffovit, but Gilliland would win the race over Nemechek. Yeah, that Moffat, that was a ball and strike call. Just like, huh, okay, how are they going to call this? And they called it that way. And just like, bummer, dude. <laughs> it cost them the race. Yeah. Uh, you know, then they would go to Nashville. Unfortunately for Derek Krause, who was just outside the cut line, he would lose 10 points for a tech violation. Hmm. Yeah, we're getting a lot of that, too. Um, hearing every once in a while somebody's getting pinched. But they are watching these vehicles, and so that's what they're supposed to do. So, Yeah. It is what it uh, is, as long as it's fair. That's right. Uh, Wood and Crafton make contact early. Wood slams the wall. Uh, maybe a little bit too much aggression out of Crafton early there. It was kind of one of those things where Wood was kind of using a weird lane and kind of was coming down, and Crafton was creeping up a little bit, racing deal. Um, just unfortunate, but Zane Smith would go on to win the stage over Ryan Priest. Um, Priest would go on to win the second stage over Zane Smith, and also in the second stage, Hosovar and Nemechek make contact. Um, Nemechek goes around. Nemechek went to block Hosovar, but it just did not work. That was a very yeah. aggressive block, and Hosovar wasn't going to have it. <laughs> He's getting more aggressive all the time, man. He wants that first victory. So close. Absolutely. Um, and then four wide into turn three, Ty, uh, Matt Benedetto, Corey Heim, and Enfinger were four wide. Uh, Benedetto and Heim make contact, and um, those guys go hard into the wall. Chandler Smith got a piece of it. Um, wow, that was that was a big hit. Oh, we when we were talking to Ty, and I was going to actually bring that up that that incident, uh, but I had other better questions to ask, and on that. I'm, uh, most people would say that Ty got to that corner first and it surprised everybody else as they were racing, but um, the, the hole is there. Ty got to the corner first. Uh, place ain't built to go far wide, and it's just unfortunate that they didn't make it work. <laughs> Ty, Ty looked good, and uh, the other three didn't look so good. He piled them in the wall. And yeah, Maddie D wasn't happy. Maddie D was uh, quite boisterous about that move by Majeski. Yeah, um, it, you could call it aggressive, I suppose, but I think it could have worked. It almost looked like Matt D also realized they were four wide and tried to get out of it and mash the gas. And when he mashed the gas, the truck went up just a, a little bit, and there's no room for error. Yeah, and they're moving right along there. They pile them in the wall pretty good there, so they're, they're, there's some speed going on there in Nashville. For sure. Uh, Ryan P Priest would go on to win – the race over Zane Smith. Uh, then the Xfinity Series also at Nashville. Al Geyer would win both stages, the first one over Bain, the second one over Gibbs. Um, Barry spun later in the race when Priest got close to him. Um, unfortunate there. And then Mayer and Gibbs get together. Where have you heard that before? Yeah, you're going to see them guys for years and years running into each other. A little bit more respect this time around, though, I thought. Yep, for sure. For sure. I, I totally agree with that. Um, Elgire would win the race over Trevor Bain. On a concrete track. You put a concrete track out there, you, can, you might as well take Elgire because he will dominate on concrete. It's almost like with the playoffs that they are, if Elgire was in a cup car, a decent cup car, 
and they were going to some of these concrete um, tracks, you would have a shot at the playoffs every year. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. He sure has concrete figured out. Yeah. Um, the cup race was delayed after 41 laps due to lightning. Uh, Byron then had a steering issue and had to go to the garage. Uh, LaJoy and Bowman made contact. Bowman slammed the wall. Uh, Briscoe got loose under Ty Dillon. They both hit the wall. Truex wins the stage over Hamlin. Uh, in stage two, the race got delayed again due to lightning and then rain. Bubba stopped on pit road exit and Reddick slammed into him. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, didn't know you were there. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, rain delay. That kind of sucked. I was at work that night and I was still surprised that they were still still trying to make a goal of it. But uh, hey, they got it in. They did. Long day, uh, holy smokes! Long day, and it was hot there, man. It was, it was a brutal weekend. Did you see that when Almondinger got out of that car in the Xfinity race, and they they put that mound of ice there, just dumping water on it? But here he had this like big old mound of ice, and he had his feet in there. And I'm thinking he's got to run on Sunday too, you know? And gee, I wonder, you know, the feet's got to be blistered and everything. I mean, he was complaining about burning his feet halfway before the race was even over. Yeah, it, that's that's crazy. Um, uh, yep, so uh, Bubba stopped on pit road. Bell and McLeod made contact on pit road as well. Uh, Truex won the second stage as well over Hamlin. Uh, Blaney spun later in the race and barely brushed the wall. Busher had a wheel come off on the last pit stop, which caused a caution and also a four-week suspension. Yep, yep, it is. It is what it is. You know, you can take some guy that can purposely wreck somebody and he can go race the next week, but when the guy loses his tire, you end up, a crew chief ends up getting suspended for four weeks. That just doesn't add up. I don't understand it. We'll get into that. Um, A late caution would set up an interesting restart with Elliott leading. He and half of the others stay out. They would restart with four to go. Kyle Busch would restart just outside the top ten. He was the first on – Tires there. Keslowski and Custer had an issue and got in the wall. Brad had a flat tire, but Chase Elliott does go on and win. Holds on to win over Kurt Busch. Yeah. So good, good finish. Uh, quite popular. Uh, they rang the siren at Dawsonville real late at night, so I suppose they were wondering what was the, that was all about. I think what time did that race get over with? It was after midnight, wasn't it? Down there, it was like it's almost midnight here. So yeah, the siren wailed at the. Uh, Downtown Dawsonville late at night. <laughs> You're saying it wrong. You're saying it wrong. Sirene. Oh, it's the sirene. <laughs> yeah. That'd be another bucket list if I ever go down south. Have to stop over at Dawsonville and go go in there and kind of snoop around. That'd be good. You You're too? on to something, buddy. You're on yeah, to something, buddy. Be, you know what? Be a good place to stop. Bucket bucket list. You and I. On the way home from uh, the, the Snowball Derby, it's really not that bad out of the way. I didn't think, think about, about it. You just caught you just caught me kind of speechless. You, you, right. It it can be done. It really isn't that? that far away. Why do, do we that. not do that? All right, there we go. We got a place to go. Hopefully, they got a Whataburger real close too. <laughs> Well, the, if they have a water burger, we'll be getting there a lot faster than what we thought. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
What? Whataburger, what? yes, sir. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Yeah, we got well pool room. You gotta you gotta try it out there too. So yes, uh, uh, let's yep. let's that down. Add that into the plans. All right. Um, <laughs> hey, then we go to Road America this past weekend. Love it. Pack the place both days. Um, we'll get into some discussions here in a little bit, but uh, the Xfinity Series race, Larson would win the first two stages over Gibbs and Creed, respectively. Uh, Mayer got loose on the curb and hit the wall in turn five. That curb in turn five, there's something going on with it there because that um, Indy Light car kind of did that same thing. Yeah, there's a well, that's a tough corner, man. You're coming down that down that hill, and then it's a, a abrupt ninety degree, and then back up the hill. That is that's why everybody likes sitting at turn five because that's such an action corner. Yeah, um, and then um, Gregson and Karam tangle, and the big one ensues. Brown, Reddick, Snyder, Castle, all with huge hits. Others involved as well. Yeah, yep, and it uh, cost them, uh, what, 30 points and $35,000 for wrecking somebody going straight down. Uh, the, um, he could have sure took care of his whole day if he would have just waited to turn five and put him in the kitty litter, but a lot of cars got destroyed, and Brandon Brown, he looked like he felt that a little bit while he was sitting against the wall, and, could, you know, he could hurt somebody there, So because that bridge is right there, too, so that could have really caused a problem. And it was well talked about, and... Dale Jr., he uh, he definitely talked to him. He was disappointed in his actions. Got to ring that, that stallion back a little bit. Yeah, they were docked 30 points, fine, 35,000, like you said. Um, but uh, Junior Motorsports, that owner, uh, the owner points, also 30 points. So, uh, that, that big bang, you know. yeah, yeah, that's pretty big penalty. Um, kind of unprecedented. So, so let's talk about this. I was going to talk about it after, but let's talk about this part right now. So what are your thoughts on the penalty? Because in my mind, it's a pretty big penalty. It's unprecedented. And I understand that others got involved. But what happens when someone else spins someone else intentionally? Let's say they just spin them into the – I mean, it was a bad spot. I understand the circumstances is why the penalty happened. But um, to me, it's going to be interesting to see what NASCAR does going forward. Whatever happened to boys be boys. And then they went that way. Gloves got taken off. And then all of a sudden now it's actually coming back to fines again. So it isn't boys be boys out on the track and settle your own. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it was kind of the circumstance too with how bad of an accident that was. I don't know if I agree with NASCAR's um, explanation of saying that they wanted to go over the car to see that there was nothing mechanical wrong with it. First off, Gregson admitted what he did. Second off, the the car continued on at a pretty good pace. So why would there be a thought of mechanical thing going on? In my opinion, um, the better option, and I try not to criticize because there's a lot of things happening in, in, the, in the tower of a race, let alone a, a big NASCAR race like that. In my opinion, if, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, you probably just park them for the day and be done with it. Um, but I think they were kind of forced into a situation because of the drivers and teams that were involved and, and looking back on how bad the incident was. I think that's probably what happened, even though they're saying different. Um, but uh, it's interesting when you got to wait till Wednesday for, for the penalty to come down. 
Well, he knew it was coming. He even said on Facebook, he goes, I know it's coming, just like a storm. And later that afternoon, he got it. And, uh, hey, yeah, pretty stiff, pretty stiff penalty, man. And I wonder if this is a learning experience for Dale Jr. because Dale Jr. was talking about it and maybe did NASCAR listen to what Dale Jr. was saying and, and kind of did that too. I, I don't know. Probably not. But um, the, the funny thing about this whole thing, it's not funny racing uh, uh, wrecking race cars. You and I both dislike that very much. But did you see that Noah Gregson was putting some memorabilia on eBay or, or for sale up on uh, Marketplace or wherever he was, um, it, and it made it seem like he was trying to make money to, to pay the fine. That that was pretty oh. funny. Noah has a great way of marketing himself, even in a bad situation. Yeah. You know, once when you talk about wrecking cars, you know, let's look back, and there's still something on the back burner with Byron and uh, and Logano, what happened at Darlington, and you got Jeff Gordon that was standing in the back fanning the flames saying, we will get even someday, and that, you know, and it's it's out there, and when it gets to be championship time of the season, those two can find themselves together and say, aha, there it is, but that, uh, you know, wrecked on purpose, well... Yeah, and then what comes around goes around. We'll see where the season leads, but there's uh, some unsettled business between those two heavy hitters. Well, think about the guy we're talking about, Gregson. We just talked about it uh, 10, 15 minutes ago. He thinks he owes a payback to, to Ty Gibbs from Portland. So um, now I think that probably will not happen based on what <laughs> just was handed down to him. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's a, a to me, it's a situational penalty, so – there's It'll no be, probation there, though, is there? there? There used to be a probation with that, but I don't think – I didn't hear nothing about the P word. I didn't here, – here's well, a fine, here's your points, move on. Try to be a good boy. I think that's <laughs> because they don't they don't want to get in the situation of um, investigating things or having their hands in it. I think it was truly situational, and it's still boys have at it, but I, I, I think their hand was kind of forced with the situation this time. Yeah, you got to draw the line in the sand somewhere when it becomes totally un unsafe kind of move. So, so once again, ball and strike call. You know, so it is what it is. Uh, talking about another dangerous situation, Riley Herps and Peds up uh, pit team for the second week in a row. Uh, very, very dangerous. Uh, you know, hitting or, or close to hitting some pit crew members. Those warriors are crazy, man. <laughs> Got their back to the action and, you know, and in road America, everything's backwards, you know, try yeah. eating your supper left-handed, you know, and, and doing stuff like that. And well, you know, it's, when you, you're so used to doing everything all together, yeah, drink beer with left hand. Try that sometime, Lauren. Um, <laughs> good thing I'm ambidextrous, so. I can, I'm you're left-handed. That's why you're saying that. Ambidextrous. Oh. I go. Both ways. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's as far as that goes. So, but um, once when you're on Road America, everything is backwards, and it definitely is challenging towards the teams and the drivers. And you've seen a lot of guys pull in, and they were too close to the wall, and they just, you know, the the right side was. Um, when you always have the left side, you know, you can mark it in the driver's seat how close you are to the wall. But when you're on the opposite side, that's that whole uh, 
dynamic is different. You got to be over, you know, and try to figure out where the right side of the car is against the wall. And seen many cars that got way too close to the wall this week, so that was a mistake. Yeah, yep, for sure. And, and you know, they they talked about during the race they're they're going to try to fix that situation because uh, it wasn't just the opposite situation in Road America; it did happen. Uh, recently as well, but um, yep, you're right. It is a little more challenging when it's the opposite side. Um, uh, caution with two to go. Custer loses brakes in turn five and has a huge hit. Um, uh, Gibbs got by Larson on the final lap in turn three and holds on to win over him. Uh, awesome finish. Larson was going to win the race. Caution brought Gibbs back into it, and Gibbs ran him very, very clean. Uh, very good finish. I, I was impressed with Ty Gibbs once again. Were you in turn three on that last lap? I wasn't there for the Xfinity race. Oh, that's right. You were only there for the cup race because the major run, the turn was at turn three when Gibbs cut down low because Larson missed that corner. Well, know, and then, and then it, it was on. It, it, Gibbs could turned him because Larson went oh, to block. Yeah. was kind of there. And Gibbs showed patience which he has not always shown and larson got distracted or something and blew that corner and he he ended up stealing away from and that's, it and that's, and, and that's that's the difference between winning and losing right there one little corner yeah um well let's talk about the cup race there uh, i was there for that it was awesome um briscoe wins stage one over Cindric. blaney wins stage two over hand Blaney's a damn good driver. Who hand? There's a there's a road course ace. You don't see them as much anymore. And all of a sudden, hey, they got some of these road course guys coming in here, trying to put on a show. Good stuff. Yeah, a lot of people were uh, wondering who that was. Who's Joey Hand? Who's Joey Hand? I was like, he's a road course ringer. Come on, get with it. He he'll be one yeah. to watch today. When yeah. especially when he had that good of a qualifying effort, um, you just knew. Well, back in the day when Boris said, you know, he was always, <laughs> and he was quite the character in himself, and he was always good to see him race. But he was one of those ringers back in the day, you know. So it's good to see that come back a little bit. I, I like that. Throw some more people yeah. in there and see how it goes. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, well, yeah. Makes it interesting. And, you know, you took a, a team that doesn't always run well, and, you know, you're finishing second in a stage, you qualified inside the top ten, uh, pretty impressive. Well, it only would enhance their program, so why not do it? Sure. Right. Um, Bubba and Logano tangle a few times. Uh, Logano kind of spun Bubba Wallace out. I believe that was turn five. And then uh, (laughs) I saw this funny thing, but um, Bubba kind of pushed him through the S's there as uh, Logano went off-road, and and he kind of hit a jump there. He he got – some good air, but there was a funny thing I saw on uh, Twitter. It was saying um, Bubba kind of got his, uh, what was it, the 06 team control on, and they had this little speedometer that they used to have in the NASCAR 06 game, and you could tell that um, the 22 was getting mad at him for kind of nudging him a little further, nudging him a little further, and then he went off, and then they were rivals. It was a pretty, yeah. pretty funny video. <laughs> I had a laugh at that one. We were friends until the corner was over. Now you're in the red, and I hate you. Yeah, so <laughs> um Kyle Bush had a rough day though, man. Yeah. His luck is up and down this year. It's he's all over the place. He's not not consistent. He is fast, but the consistent finishes are not there. 
Yeah. Um, how about Tyler Reddick? He passes Elliott shortly after the final pit stop of the day and goes on to win his first Cup Series race. That was coming. You know, you think back at Bristol Dirt when him and Briscoe made contact and he lost that race. Um, he won the race over Elliott. Um, good, good racing. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Road America being off the schedule for next year. And it's a sensitive topic for me, I guess, because how do you pack the place with over a hundred thousand fans and take that away? Um, plus it doesn't make sense that road America would pay repave the whole track and not have NASCAR there. The situation just doesn't make sense to me. Now I will agree. Like it's fine. If you want to try the Chicago street course, like doing something different is okay. Just don't take away a place like road America. That's going to pack the place. And I heard something interesting on SiriusXM this this week from a Noble uh, media member that said, um, "Yeah, they can they pack the place, which is great." And NASCAR said that they weren't going to take away races from tracks that had that happen. But she said um, that the there's another obstacle to there's many obstacles to it to it, and it's one is there's not enough cautions and all that. And I I say baloney to that um, because if you're watching the race for the lead, yeah. It, it may have not been the greatest at times, but there is so much good racing throughout the field. I'm telling you, if you were there, you would have a different opinion, and, and you know what I'm talking about. So oh, yeah. do not take Road America away. And and I actually yeah. heard some rumors this week that actually they're trying to work out a deal. So I'm a little more optimistic than I was going into it. Yeah, there's so many rumor mills flying. I think the schedule comes out a week from Tuesday on the 19th. That's the date I hear, see that zeroed in for the schedule to come out. I'm hearing rumors of Kansas is losing their last race of the year. And, uh, um, you know, they want they only want six oval races or road races. So here's an idea for you. Get rid of the oval at Indy. Put them put them cars back on the oval and take that road road course away at Indy and let Road America. Now, here's an idea. I think a lot of fans would still like to be back to the traditional Firecracker 400 down in Daytona, and I think they'd like to have that back. But say, hey, Road America, how about Labor Day? We'll give you a Labor Day weekend, you know, um, but then that's Darlington. So you'd have to figure out. You might have to move. They're not going to probably keep their 4th of July. But I, I'm optimistic. I think Road America will stay on the schedule. I don't know if they're going to keep the 4th of July, though. Well, based on what I heard, um, and I kind of heard what you were saying there, maybe Kansas or another track losing losing race, I, I heard something that makes me more optimistic that Road America could keep July 4th because I don't think you're going to move away from Darlington being Labor Day. And I don't think you're going to move away from Daytona being the last race before the playoffs. I think that just fits too good, um, and it makes it super exciting. I just don't see that they would go away from it, whether I agree with that or not. I don't see how they would go away from that. So I am more optimistic that it'll be July 4th. And when you got people like Dale Jr. saying it should be July 4th, it, it, I, I honestly, it's the perfect fit. I, I I don't know. There's like you have Darlington Labor Day, Daytona uh, 500 stays as the fourth. That's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. There's so many rumor mills and people, uh, but this, this idea of going to Chicago, 
and uh, I, I I don't know. It, it's a three-year deal. It's it's a shame they got rid of Chicago Land Racetrack. Um, we we spent a race there a weekend there. So um, if they want to stay in that area, but I don't know them big heavy cars on us on a street course, and I don't know. Got well, you know. Hopefully it works. It might work, and then they can find something else. You know, I know they want to do the electric series. That's that's on their back burner too. You know, <laughs> so everything's going to go electric. So let, hey, let's have electric series. I'm just like, oh my god, where, where are we going here? Well, that's a different discussion for, for a different. Well, I don't know, but that's it's out there. Um. I lost my train of thought here for a second, but um, I like your idea about um, going back to the Indy Oval. If you, if it's a road course that you want to get away with, go back to the Oval and keep Road America as a road course on there. I, I love that idea. If you're going to get rid of a road course, um, going to Chicago for the street race is interesting. I am skeptical on it. However, I will say I understand why they would do it. They're going to try something different. It's one of the biggest markets. I understand why why they would do it. I'll, I would like to see the layout and see what they're going to do. But, um, yeah, I understand why they're doing it. Uh, whether I like it or not, that's that may be a different story as well. But I understand why they're doing it. As far as Chicagoland Speedway, there's a reason it went away. I actually made a second trip down there for Dale Jr.'s last season. The fan support wasn't there. It, yeah. uh, it just wasn't there. And, and when you don't show up for multiple years, like what happened down there, it, it unfortunately, it it goes away. Yeah. And that was that place was so hard to get in and out of. And, uh, you know, they fought tooth and nail for years and years and years to get a track around here on this side of Lake Michigan. And they finally got it, and it didn't last 20 years, and it's gone. So... Just like, well, that, that was a bad idea. But, yeah, they want to stay in the Chicago area. Uh, you know, if it ends up being a hit, well, then look at all these big cities that are going to say, hey, uh, New York, we want to race. Hey, San Francisco, we want to race, you know. And, it, I mean, if it, it ends up being a hit, you're going to see other maybe um, – Instead of, you know, you got the truck series, the Xfinity, the Cup, you'll also have the, the, the street series and maybe have that class of racing going on. So we'll see. I, we, I can't, don't know. we can't control it, but I'm not going to buy a ticket to sit downtown Chicago and watch a race. No, <laughs> not me. I, I don't know if it's a hit, if that would necessarily happen, because you don't want to water it down. And then on top of it, if you add the street courses to the schedule – in other big cities, what are you going to do with the road courses? Because now you're gonna you're gonna have what twelve road courses? Uh, that's probably a little bit too much for NASCAR. Have their own series, their own series. Make SUVs out of them, and make sure you run every every uh, big city. You run them at night. So, but <laughs> the other thing is, you know, you look at uh, Formula One and their expansion. In the U.S. over the years, you know, they have that program on, on Netflix, which is incredible. Um, and they're doing these big cities. They just did Miami, which was a turnout. They're doing Las Vegas next year. They've done other cities, um, you know, here in the U.S. and, and abroad that have been hit. So uh, I understand why NASCAR is going to try it because it's been a hit for for them. So try it. It's a three-year deal. If it doesn't work, then it goes away. I understand why they're doing it with the market. 
the money that's going to be involved in it. I just don't want to see Road America go away. That's exactly right. So, but the rumors are there. We'll see where it is. Week from Tuesday, I believe that's the schedule. So, don't lose sleep till then, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Slinger Nationals uh, coming up here. We talked to Ty about that, but uh, that's that's going to be a super event. And then even before that, tomorrow, which is Saturday, um, we are going to Grundy County. You have been there once before. This will be my first time. It's the last track in the Midwest that I really have to hit other than Cedar Rapids. Um, so I've been to other – every well, other – And Toma. Toma's now running oh, yes. the Big 8 series is out there. So Toma, you can actually add that to the list. Yep. Actually, um, and I, I feel bad that I'm at you, but Toma was on my list as well. So Toma yeah. – off. So Toma and Cedar Rapids um are kind of the ones that i need to hit but cedar rapids is very far so that's that's a stretch to make yeah whenever it's running and see what happens that is that is quite a ride you know and we always went out to iowa speedway and we had a blast out there and it's it's a shame that that place is just sitting there doing nothing um well they just had a race there didn't they have a arca arca race there so at least at least the walls are still up there in the fences so but yeah, we enjoy Iowa. A race there. It pains me not to see a race there, man. Iowa Speedway needs to stay on. You know that that one needed to stay on the on the list, and that's being just sitting there collecting dust right now. Can you I'm imagine sure people in Kentucky? Can, huh? Can you imagine if Cup would go there? That would maybe be an annual event for us. Well, they'd have to double their seating, and they'd have to get that extra exit off the interstate. For, but they've got an international airport right outside the parking lot. I mean, we watched Childers get on the plane and zoom, and he was out of there, you know, and just like that's got to be popular for, for everybody down there. And that, that was a place to watch a race. I mean, you could see the whole track, and um, mm, mm, love the Iowa racetrack. It's too bad it's just sitting there. Yeah, you and I went down there twice um, mm-hmm. and had a blast both time, and the racing was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um Man, yeah, that's another place. Um, I hope gets back on it. Um, you know, any car there was pretty, pretty good too. I wouldn't mind seeing that if they get back mm-hmm. there. Um, and that's another thing. Rumors are flying with Milwaukee with IndyCar, and what we're gonna do Milwaukee for America. So there, it, this is gonna, this is gonna be interesting here in these next few months. Yeah, as long as people support their racetracks. Get off the uh, pay-per-view stuff and get out there and support your local racetrack while they're still there. And we've had many discussions at racetracks about that lately, and that's for another time also. So Uh, I like seeing seeing full racetracks, man. I like seeing the the grandstands full. That, That tells you that's your barometer. It tells you how well your sport is and how healthy it is. So, well, uh, I was saying about Grundy um, before we went off on another tangent. Yeah, we went off at, Grundy. Um, tell, tell, tell me and, and the fans about Grundy. I, I'm looking forward to this tomorrow. Grundy has one great big grandstand, and it's huge. And when we were there, oh, it's got to be five years ago. The place was really, really full, packed. Um, got a. Um, iron walls that are on there. When you walk through the tunnel, it's like walking through the tunnel at Lambeau Field. You walk out into the tunnel, and when you're on the main, on the main walkway, the the wall is right there. 
And as the cars go by, you can feel the marbles bouncing off your shins. And the cars are practically right underneath you as they go by. So really <laughs> pretty cool. If you're sitting on the front row, the cars are right there. Um, kind of reminds you of the Dells in a way. Um, um, so pretty cool, pretty cool little bull ring, man. You're going to enjoy it. It's a fun place. Okay. Um, <clears throat> looking forward to the Arkham and West tour down there uh, tomorrow. And then uh, Slinger Nationals, man. We were talking to Ty about it. We talked to Dennis Chase last night about it. One, I, it might be the best field ever down there. That is going to be one heck of a show, man. 20,000 yeah. win. Um, good stuff. Watching Ryan Hall, y'all, and look, looking at forecast. Uh, might, might need a rain day on Wednesday. So just, just I know we're going to be all right. We'll but, be all right. Uh, We'll be all right. So if Lauren says we're going to be all right, we're going to be all right. But uh, try to keep Wednesday open just in case for insurance there, people. Yeah. Um, hey, I uh, I got the experience of a lifetime a little bit. Uh, I went down with Matt Pannier to uh, pit report at Slinger a few weeks ago and got to uh, see the Midwest trucks who are going to be there on Tuesday as well from the infield. Dude and everyone, I am telling you, I get the best seat in the house, I feel like, at WIR on a weekly show, uh, at least on the quarter mile. There's something different about Slinger, being in the in the infield of Slinger and watching those Midwest trucks, and I'm sure it would be the same with the super late models, go around that place. It is like nothing I thought I would ever experience. Un unbelievable. It, it's pretty much in, indescribable. You have to do it. You pretty, much, you pretty much had to look up to watch the race, didn't you? Yeah, they're kind of like raid, kind of raid at you, um, maybe a little up. But the thing is, yeah. so it's not, it doesn't feel like you're looking up because they're, you don't realize how banked that back stretch is, but it's banked so much that they're kind of like slanted down. So it I'm doesn't feel hell, like yeah. you're looking up. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's I bet you that's a unique place. And you got to have your head on a swivel you know, in that place, man. Oh, yeah, because it doesn't, they're carrying so much speed that um, oh, it doesn't take much for them to end up where I was. Yeah. 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 Um, so looking forward yeah. to that one, man. What a lineup. Holy smokes, what a lineup. There's going to be some really good drivers that are not going to make that race. That's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. But it's going to happen. There, there's just right. no way around it. There's going to be some good drivers that are not going to be able to participate. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe that we're at Slinger Nationals already, but then you see that lineup, and it's it's glad that you are because, man, it's – oh, man, I'm getting goosebumps, man. I'm getting goosebumps. You know, this summer's flying, man. All of a sudden, when season gets going and starts chugging along, now we're starting to get into the meat of the, of the, of the schedule and uh, good old hot July, and we're <laughs> – you know, these next two months, man, the, the plate is full. We'll be doing a whole bunch of racing coming up, man. Looking forward to it. For sure. Um, well, I think we uh, talked long enough there, buddy. Um, thanks, everyone, for sticking with us. I do have an update. I know we've been only putting out like a podcast, out, one podcast out a month. That is going to change come early to mid-August. We are going to put out, try to put out weekly, bi-weekly, um, maybe – an option too, but try to do weekly. Mark, if you're unavailable, I may just hop on here and do a live show and, and talk about the race and see what I'm going to get better at marketing and doing Facebook posts and 
there's a lot of opportunity there. So um, be on the lookout for that. Um, I know we've talked about it for a while, but uh, there's a, a big change happening with, with my family. So um, it's going to free up some more time. So uh, this is going to be a real opportunity to, to hop on. So um, it's going to be a few, few changes for the good um, coming up here, but uh, thank you everyone for staying patient. Thanks for the support. Uh, if you're down at Grundy, hey, we'll see you there. If you're at the Singer Nationals, hey, we'll see you there. Mark, um, happy birthday yesterday once again. I got to say happy birthday to my brother today, Andy. Um, and then also uh, my grandma uh, tomorrow and uh, my brother-in-law, Justin. So happy birthday, everyone. It's, uh, it's a big one. And also uh, uh, Guy Bodie, who we miss, our friend Guy Bodie. Um, his birthday, uh, was here too. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a busy month for, for racing birthdays. July just seems to be jam packed, but, um, thanks everyone. Happy birthday, everyone, everyone that's struggling. Um, you know, we, we've talked a few times about the April family. Um, you know, I had a, a few people go through some rough times here as well that I know. So we're thinking of you, um, you know, the, the Tulip family had a, an unfortunate fire, so they have a GoFundMe page up there. Um, so support people if you can. Support your local racetracks if you can. Um, just be be a nice person, and, uh, hey, we'll, we'll all get through things together. Don't be afraid to reach out to any of us if you need to talk even. So, um, but anyway, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Mark. Uh, we got to end this because we got a, a pack for tomorrow. Yeah, I was working on that today. So uh, if you're talking about being nice, try being nice to me this weekend, all right? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd appreciate it. You you were the one person that I was thinking of, of why not saying that. But, you know, uh, we, we won't go there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning. You betcha, man. See you then. See ya. This has been a production of Lore Sports. Hope you all enjoyed it and thank you for listening.